You're listening to Bill Roden on Sports. Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another edition of Bill Roden on Sports. Jamal Murphy, how's it going? Good to be here, as usual. Yeah, Producer Pat, you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Good. I, um, I went to City Field this morning. Today is Wednesday. You people will be, our loyal listeners will be listening to this tomorrow. I went to City Field this morning. The Mets extended Terry Collins, answering all the debate and questions about what they really felt about him, what they felt about all the controversial decisions. They answered by saying, we're extending Terry Collins right. for two years. They held a press conference uh, Wednesday morning. I went out there to preside over it, and it was very interesting, very upbeat. But, of course, with the media horde there, there were still about well, 50 members of the New York media there. Which a lot of people who come to play don't, don't understand the magnitude of the media. You know, I've been to other media markets you go to a press conference like you know, 10, 15, 20. <laughs> right, right. Here, routinely, you've got like 50, 60, 70 members of the media here. So this morning, we had about 50 media members there, and still people still want to know about what seems to be the most controversial decision in that Game 5 was Terry Collins' decision to basically go back on his managerial gut decision that Matt Harvey had pitched a good game, he'd run the good race, gave him eight really solid innings, and told him, and we saw it on national television, told him, you're done. Right. And Matt Harvey famously bullied him and essentially said, no, I'm not done. I want in. They asked Collins today that with 48 hours to think about this, what he thought about it. Here's what he said. When the, when the game was over and I, I had, in the, within 24 hours... I can't tell you. 20 text messages from very, very good baseball people, good managers, good former players, saying, you know, we know the game has changed. Uh, we wouldn't have done anything different. So that, that helped a, a little bit, but the point was, uh, as I tried to, I told Dan when the game was over, you know, he said, look, everybody was agreed with what you did. I said, yeah, everybody but me. All right, let's talk about it. Let's, let's, let's discuss it. I still haven't changed the way I feel about it. I, I felt, and it's so funny that this, and Jamal, you and I, and actually Pat, we've talked about this. It's not almost a major league issue. I've had I've had subsequent conversations with. I run a youth program. Right. And we talked about this stuff about. And I know Jamal, you've coached. Right. You've played. You know, Pat, you clearly follow this. We talked about it, and it basically is a core issue about about chains of command. Who's in control, the coach, the manager, or the star player? So I, I, I thought that when the, when the coach tells you you're out of the game, you're out of the game. How, how often have we seen even in the NBA, you know, right. Larry Brown takes out somebody and the coach says something to him. I mean, the player says something to him. What do you, what do you guys think? I still have not changed. I think Harvey was dead wrong on this, and I think that Collins was, Collins was right. His gut was right. He was wrong to second-guess himself. Right. He was, I mean, we, we know what happened. So obviously we know Collins' initial decision was correct. Uh, he shouldn't have second-guessed himself. The problem here is that this played out in front of everybody. And that's I think that's one of the reasons you don't see that in the NBA is because we know both the player, the coach, 
more importantly, knows that the camera's on him. So if he tells a player to come out and that player disrespects him, everybody sees that. In this case, probably at the time, Collins doesn't realize that, that the cameras catch that. Um, so, you know, I think I, I think both people have to take fault here. Obviously, Collins is the ultimate decision maker. The manager is the ultimate decision maker. You have to live with what, whatever decision you make. But I do, most people are giving Harvey a pass. I do uh, blame Harvey for playing hero ball right there. And I think he has to have faith in, in the closer in that situation. He has to know that he was probably losing a little something uh, velocity-wise. He had to know he was tired a little bit. He had to know that the best, the most prudent thing to do was to give it to the closer. And, 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 uh, and, and let his... In other words, it's what New England does. It's what New England does. What Bill, Bel- Bill Belichick says: Do your job. Right. So it was at that point, right, Pat? Right. It yeah. was his chance. It was it's his turn. Let your teammates do their yeah. job. Have if they faith, don't do their job. Right. Have faith in your teammates. It's like I got you there. I passed the baton to my closer, and he comes in and he shuts the door. And that's the way baseball is. And that's what they had it. You know, in they had it lined up, but. Terry changed his mind and that irks me too because I don't want to get into what was the right call or what was the wrong decision because we we could second guess because it didn't work but Terry has to make the call and he didn't and that's what bothers me about Collins yeah and 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 again it's you you bring up the relay that's in a re- remember you still imagine a relay race and you run that leg and then you decide you know what I don't want to hand off <laughs> I, I feel good I, I feel great I want to run another leg right <laughs> and then you run and then of course you get lapped right and your yeah. teammates win and, and you know but again so interestingly they asked him again uh, I think in the second part they said okay uh, would you do it again right they said okay what would you do in the next season in a similar situation, what would you do? And this is what Colin said. I, what, what, this is what Colin said. I don't even know if I don't even know if he'll last next year. I don't know if he'll make such a, a case about it. So, um, you know, I think it'll be a little easier. Now, I thought of all the things that that was pretty fascinating. Yes, that was fascinating. Yes, because basically, what did he say? He said, "I don't think we'll have that problem." I, I, don't, I don't think Harvey's going to go there next time. <laughs> And that that's saying a lot. I think. I mean, he ba- that's basically a jab. Yes. At Harvey. Yes. Um, you bet. Almost saying you better not ask me again. That's right. And you you tried that once and you failed, son. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's 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 great. That I think that spoke more volumes about anything. Right. Said well, I don't think we're gonna have to worry. About, <laughs> I don't think we're gonna have to worry about that anymore. Right. You know, I would have loved to. I was thinking about. I'd love to be able to talk to Harvey. Right. To find out. You know, forty-eight hours later. How about Boris? Scott <laughs> Boucher. Well, well, Boris. Well, Boris did everything to say. No, I'm just playing. Yeah. Really, uh, <laughs> about the innings pitch. Well, right. this whole. And, and but but you're right, Jamal. I think that this is such a great novel. Right. And where it ends, there's such a parallel ending. Right. Where Boris started this stuff, and I thought he was right to bring up. Listen, my client's coming off of. My client and I are coming off of this Tommy John surgery. Don't run him into the ground. And he's pitched. Harvey, early in the season, kind of goes along with it. Well, I don't know if I'll pitch in the postseason. And I I think that that so embarrassed him. Right. And so shamed him that I think that's what we saw 
two days ago. No question. That's what we saw. I think that all that stuff was in play. No question. He was playing hero ball. I, I didn't think the whole postseason. He was out to prove that he was not a shirker. He was not blah, blah, blah. But inadvertently, again, and I think this is such an instructive lesson to any of those, any, any people out there who coach youth sports. I think this is such a learning lesson that it's a very thin line, you know, particularly when you, when you play team sports, right. when yeah. you have to let everybody plays a role, you know, even on our, even on our broadcast. <laughs> right. I play a role. Jamal plays a role. Pat plays a role. Of course, we're still these roles are still evolving. <laughs> but, but but no, but we you know we know who the boss is. Yeah, who? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if Jamal says no, no, Bill, I want to go. I want to go first. I got another point to make. Right, right. But we only have three seconds. Let's say we only have like ten seconds, right. and we got to come out. I'm, yeah. And I'm going to close this. Bill, I want to make one more point. I'm sitting down. Yeah. Well, who knows? That's now. Now. Let's yeah. say. Let's say <laughs> after we get two million followers, and you know, and the show. I'm a team player, Bill. Team, uh, well, you, in case are, you haven't I, noticed. Yeah. No, I have noticed. I have noticed. <laughs> I've noticed that, and I've noticed. I don't know if, if if our loyal listeners have noticed. There's there's a nice narrative now that accompanies our our podcast, right, Jamal? It's, it's on right on a CBS local website. We just do a little write up of uh, each podcast. Try to uh, tease you a little bit. What's going on? I don't know if you said. Where do you, where do you see that on CBS? Yeah, CBS CBSlocal dot com. I think that uh, Jamal and actually Jamal writes these. Really, they they've been two so far, right? You've done right. a couple of these. Right. Really nice, really nice blurbs, man. Right? Jamal, I knew Jamal was a nice writer, <laughs> but the stuff is really good and it really adds. It gives you a nice little perspective on what's going to be in the podcast. So I I, I really strongly advise or urge people to check it out cbslocal.com yeah cbslocal.com or, or it might be uh local i don't know the exact thing we'll uh you have to i would say go to cbs local and you'll figure it out yeah it'll yeah, be local. there yeah but it's really nice the second thing that came up today and i thought it was really great news justice was served today in baseball the the, the baseball gods they they gave the washington nationals Help and wisdom that the Nationals may not have may not have deserved, but Dusty Baker got the job that he really deserved. You know, the Nationals chose a couple of days ago Bud Black right. to be their manager. Right. Then they turned around and gave Black this truly terrible offer, and so Black said, "No, I'm not coming." And so the Nationals said, "Okay." Dusty, do you want the job? And Dusty Baker said, "Hey, I'll take it." And I, I think that I think that Washington baseball fans are going to be really, really happy. Uh, Dusty Baker has has been a great player. He's been really a great manager. I mean, he's been in the World Series, right? And he's been and he's done a job with the Cubs, with the San Francisco Giants, with the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, he is a proven commodity. And I, I remember when when they gave the job. To Dusty Baker, I think we may have even talked about it on on uh, Bill Roden on Sports. I was so, uh, what was it? Not angry, but almost. Here we go again because it wasn't just in Major League Baseball. This gets into this this ongoing issue of you know black people trying to get a fair shot right. in the United States, right. whether it's in corporate America, whether it's in journalism, whether it's in 
any multitude of jobs, industries in which we're involved, it's always last hired, first fired, um, having to get wait until you're passed over, and then they realize they screwed up. Then they come back to you. It's just, right. It's just, it's the same thing. So I was really happy that this turned out for Dusty Baker, and the same thing happened to Mike Tomlin, by the way, in Pittsburgh. He was originally not going to get that job. Everybody in my business was. I forget. I even forget who they were pushing for the job. It may have been Wizenhunt. You know, but they coward. Were, no coward left. No, right. there was somebody that may have been Wizenhunt. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we right. and, and right. we always do this business. It was Wizenhunt. Yeah, it was Wizenhunt, mm-hmm. and we'll get to that later. Right. But they were, you know, in our business, whether you listen to ESPN, WFN, sort of this white controlled media is always talking about. And, and again, this is sort of, again, this is, I always go back to what Walter Beach said in our telecast a number of times ago. If you don't understand white supremacy and racism, what it is and how it works, you'll be confused by everything you do understand. And and again, it, it wasn't an attacking anybody, but it was just understanding this system in which we find ourselves, we're trying to break free. But it's this thing that just almost can't, where people say wizard hunt, but yet, Told uh, the, uh, um, Mike, Mike Tomlin. Tomlin interviewed, and the 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 family Pittsburgh said, "Wait a minute! Wow, this guy is great!" Right. And he's he he took him to a Super Bowl. Here he is. Same thing. They interviewed Dusty Baker, and he said, "Okay, whatever." They, well, we're going to give the job to Black, and then fortunately, the baseball guy step in and said, "No, no, listen, we're going to give you a break." You know, here. Dust, right. D- Dusty Baker is your guy. Right. Yeah, well, you know, it's still only one out of how many teams in the major league. So it, 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 it's something. Um, and Dusty Baker, like you said, he's a proven commodity. He's gotten teams to the playoffs. You know, he's done a lot in, in the game as a manager and as a, play, as a player, as you said. You know, it's great that he did get this opportunity. But there are a lot of minority candidates exactly. that still deserve a chance out there. there. There really are. And I think that that's why we can't. I think we've got a law. I mean, say we're really happy for Dusty, right? And that's great, but we can't ignore the fact that he wasn't—he only got the job because Bud Black turned it down. Turned it down, and also there are other, as you say, other really good African American and Hispanic candidates out there who should get a a shot at this, who should get the first job. So, I don't want—I'm not going to play the grateful role, right? And say, "Oh, we're so happy." Not the (laughs) hell with that. Right? You're just. You, I'm not going to pat you on the back for doing the damn right thing. Right. You know, we've been doing that before. So, uh, but I, I think the other issue, too, is now two of the oldest managers in baseball are uh, Collins, Terry Collins, right. who's 66, and Dusty Baker, who's 66. I asked Terry Collins about that today. I, I, I want to know, uh, I, I knew he knew. Dusty, but I asked him about Dusty Baker, and he was quite pleased. I threw hours of batting practice to Dusty Baker when he was with the Dodgers, so we are very, very good friends. I think the world of him, and I'm very excited he's back in it because he deserves to be. He's an outstanding manager. Yeah, they go back, and they actually overlapped. I looked at the reference book, and I think that Dusty was managing... The Giants, of course, you you know the Stacks Geeks will can look this up, but I think Dusty was managing in '93. I believe he was managing the Giants. I think in '93, and a year later, I believe the Collins got a job in '94, 
so they were sort of, and I believe it was with Houston. So they were, they were so, so they they really go way back. And uh, I, I also asked Sandy Alderson uh, today, does this represent not so much a trend, but you know we're getting so much into analytics, right? Quote unquote analytics, and I think that's yet another ploy by by these baseball GMs to not hire black people. You know, they get into and to go younger or ex, or ex players or ex black folks or ex players by getting well. You know, we've got to go into analytics. Like analytics just started in 2015. They've been doing numbers, particularly in baseball, since well, forever. Yeah, baseball is numbers. Yeah, they're numbers. They've been playing the odds forever. There's a book, but you know, people always try to. So now, well, we've got to get an Ivy League guy and all that. In, in all sports, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basketball is big, yeah, right? Yeah. With that and analytics, but I, I always think. This whole idea is to make sure you hire people who look like you, who share your your your, your analytics, your background, and all that. So if it's Ivy League, then it's that. Well, you know, now we got to get a bunch of Ivy Leaguers in and whatever you hear that shit, you know where they're going with that. You know, right. and and it's not just black folks. You know, we we tend to get the but a whole bunch of people who now, for example, in baseball, you've got a whole bunch of folks who've been working in the minor leagues, and that's been the track to get a job. Now, if it's well. You, you're in the minor. You stay in the minor leagues. We're going with people who have worked in corporate relations or some shit that has a- nothing a- to do. Agents, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lawyers yeah. and agents. Yeah, who have nothing to do with this stuff at all. But anyway, I asked Sandy Alderson, but who went to Harvard, by the way, right, right, right. <laughs> what he thought whether this was a trend or not, and I thought he gave a very interesting answer. Well, I mean, Terry was in place, and he, he uh, got an extension. Um, I know Dusty really well. Very happy for him. Um, I don't think uh, it's a trend. Uh, you know, you got two managers um, out of 30. But uh, I think it's at the same time, it's a recognition that uh, uh, that kind of experience in the game, uh, a willingness to adapt to the game as it's evolved over time, um, and both of those things uh, uh, can make a, an older manager successful. I mean, it's all about communication and leadership. And, uh, you know, you don't have to be contemporary age-wise uh, to be able to communicate. Um, it's, uh, it's an individual thing, just as, you know, leadership is an individual uh, quality that can be developed and evolved. Uh, the fact that they're still able to succeed in those positions at that age, I think, is a uh, credit to what they've learned, how they've applied it, and um, uh, the fact that you, know, you can be successful at any age. What, what do you think about that, Jamal? I mean, Alderson was basically saying it's not necessarily, you don't have to necessarily be a contemporary, you just have to have the ba- basic communication skills. Yeah, I mean, and obviously with, with age comes experience. Uh, you know, I don't really see a trend. I think, uh, you know, it's more like a coincidence to me. It's going to be interesting in the National League. You know, it's probably going to be one of the biggest, uh, one of the, one of the, you know, most, you know, the most fun races to watch is going to be the NL East uh, between the Mets and the Nationals. And, you know, you have two of the older managers, two of the most experienced managers. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't take it as a trend I, I think like you said there you know this the analytic stuff is here to stay and that does mean younger guys younger white males are going to uh, dominate the position yeah and, and 
let's face it, life in general and things is, is, is a young person's game. I mean, it, it's all about youth. It's all about young people. But I think people recognize that you need older people to simply mentor and, and hand that torch and hand the baton so people won't be running into the walls. You, you know, so there is a nice little balance. But I think the bottom line is we're really, I'm happy that Collins uh, gets, you know, gets extended. And what he said this, this morning was very interesting that he, he, was, he wants to read the rest of his novel. Right. Only a couple of chapters. He's, he's glad that he gets another year, another two years to see how this is going to play out. I hope it's a happy ending. <laughs> That's what I want to. I want to get to that end, and I want to be happy. Yeah, and, Co- and Collins hasn't been. You know, he's he's received plenty of criticism and fire uh, while he's been here, especially this year when they actually had a chance to to get uh, to a certain place, and you know, by, by that I mean the playoffs, and a, and eventually the World Series. So he's taken some heat, and there are a lot of people in this town who who don't feel like he's the manager to take the Mets uh, over the top. But when you when you take a team. Uh, that wasn't really supposed to go anywhere, really. And you take him to the World Series, you're going to get that extension. So he got the two-year extension. He deserves it. He did get them there. I was one of the people who didn't feel like uh, he, he could really take the Mets to, you know, get the Mets to their potential. But he proved me wrong because I didn't see them going to the World Series. So he, there's no question he deserves this two-year extension. Yeah, and and they um, they also said today. He, uh, funny, he said that. Well, tell me two years. Let's take it year to year, right? Look, because I don't know how I'm going to feel after this year. And, and neither does Alderson. Yeah, and he said um, that this is a grind. Uh, th- he said this is really a grind. So, so what do you think, Pat, about just the extension and 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 um, him being I, the right guy? I think he has um, shown that he could lead the team. I mean, he's led him, you know to game five of the World Series and no one expected that whether it was this year or I remember when they hired him wasn't everyone calling him just a gap manager until right. everyone was ready and then they were going to bring in a better leader and he proved that he could handle the situations he could handle New York he could handle everything and he has exceeded expectations as of as of now and now next year right. the expectation is going to be there how is he going to handle well, that? It, and I yeah. think you have to let him. You have to let him do it. I mean, he led him all the way from a last place team, and he took over, and now they're National League champs. And you got to give him that one more shot, and say, "Here's your team, bring it home." And he did say that now there's a target. You know, we've heard this. This is one of these repeated um, themes in sports: is once you achieve something, now you're the hunted. Right. Golden State this year. Right. Last year they was cute and Stephen Curry, Stephen Curry was cute. Now every single game, everybody they're going to get everybody's a game because they want to prove that we know how to stop them. That last year wasn't a fluke, but we've adjusted. Same thing, any champ. That's what makes New England Patriots. Right. I think such a great franchise year in year out. That even they take everybody's best punch right. and, and respond. Right, and, he, and he, you know when he says. We're going to be hunted next year. He's, he shouldn't only be talking about the other teams. The New York media is going to be looking at him a little more closely and picking at even more than they were picking at this year. So it's a whole new dynamic. Yeah, it's a whole new game. And, and it's fun because now it's another novel. You know, this <laughs> novel's over. Now this is volume, volume two, volume three. But also, Alderson had, had a little issue today at the 
at at the uh, press conference. Yeah, also. yeah. Just shortly after we spoke, after this clip that you you heard, uh, he fainted. He was talking, and then he just he just fainted. It was a really frightening, really frightening moment, and right. it kind of reminds you of the fragility of just life. That right. one minute you're celebrating, and the next minute he, you know, as he was talking to us, somebody actually they asked him a question about the shortstop. <laughs> right. And I guess that point he's oh god, <laughs> <laughs> he just fainted. and he did. I mean he. He was down. Fortunately, he didn't really hit his head hard, but he down and he's down. And he sat up. Right. He got some water and he was in good humor. He sat in his okay. chair. He said, "Well, as we were saying, right, right. but there were no more questions. I mean, I think we all had to restrain ourselves. Listen, guys, no right. question. Thank Can we you. give him a break? You know." And he left. But it, it just talks about the fragility of it, and also not that it can't happen to, at any age, but right. it's just. You know, this is a this is a grind. Right. And uh, later, he said uh, through the spokesman, that he got up. He didn't eat. He hadn't eaten breakfast. Right. He just kind of came out, and you know, um, but it was a frightening moment. Fortunately for everybody, for Sandy, if he's listening to this, or any of the Mets people listening to this, uh, you know, prayers go with him. We're, right. we're happy that you're that it turned out okay, and go Mets. So that basically uh, ends the baseball season on roading on sports uh, at least unless something else happens we're wait, done wait, you're going out to D.C. right oh I am going uh, yeah, thank you <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> yeah, it does not end yeah, yeah actually sorry thank yeah, you for reminding me <laughs> <laughs> are you catching a train out there oh my god yeah yeah they're, they're introducing Dusty Baker tomorrow to every and I, I'm going to be at National Stadium tomorrow and I'm going to talk to Dusty so we will be back on uh Wednesday or next week, right. uh, we'll, we'll hear from Dusty. I'm sure everybody will have heard from Dusty before then, but you'll hear him on Roden, Bill Roden on Sports. And so, yeah, so it's not over. Baseball is not over yet. Right. You know. It's almost over. It's almost over. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Bill Roden on Sports. Uh, football is, you know, we got That's not a, a, a football is just beginning, though some people may say in New York is over. Um, um, but it is over for a couple people. Uh, right. Pep Hamilton. Pep Hamilton. Uh, of the, uh, the offensive coordinator of, of the uh, yeah. Indianapolis Colts. Over for him. It's over for him. He's the, he's the fall guy. He's, the, he's uh, I guess, the reason that the Colts have started off so slow. I th- what are they, three and five, three and four? Something I think like three that. and four. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we all know that Luck has not been on, on his game this year. And I guess they're attributing uh, some of that to Pep Hamilton, and he, he's the fall guy. Uh, is that his shoulder? Like, well, mean, yeah. I mean, I that's mean, what I was hearing. I was hearing rumors that he, he was—he's not—he hasn't been 100 percent shoulder injury, uh, rib injuries. But then, then you know, in the next breath, I hear he's 100 percent. So I don't right, know what exactly. to believe. No, yeah, all, yeah. all you know about football is this: at this point of the season, oh, nobody, no. nobody's 100. There's no such thing as 100. That's right. a lie. So if they say yeah. he's 100 <laughs> percent, you know you're, lying. Right. you're lying. You're lying. I was just telling he's 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 doing well. Right. He's ready to play. Right. You know. Um, and then Wizenhunt, uh, the, the person who. We talked about the Wiz kid. Right. Wizenhunt gets fired in Tennessee. In, yeah. in Tennessee, and you know, I heard some people go off. Well, you know, it's too bad. It's 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 a tough business. I mean, it's it's unfair. But I heard some Tennessee people who were saying, "Well, yeah, but the guy 
he sticks to his system. Right. You know, he, he's 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 not he's not flexible. Right. Uh, and, and and that's why they made the change because clearly I mean he has some great schemes and all that, but you you're not adjusting, adapting your talent. They've got like four tight ends. <laughs> right. And they're trying to do this, you know, that so you have to adjust your team and then you got his rookie quarterback right. who basically is a great athlete. Getting killed, back getting there. killed. I mean, killed like seven sacks. Every oh game. my god! And he's like, maybe he wanted to go down. So, you know, by the time I come back, I want a new coach. <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs> seems know? like too nice a guy for that. Well, no, no, that's why you got an agent, right? That's oh, where yeah. you have Greg Boris. There you go. There you go. You know, uh, so uh, yeah, so that's where we are in the NFL. I mean, I think that we've got a lot of football to play. We haven't even talked about college football yet. No, we haven't. We haven't they act- you know, they yeah. actually came out with their uh, top four teams. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch. I hate, it I hate that stuff. I, I know. Yeah. I, well, well, no, it'd be like if in college basketball, if the selection committee did something in uh, January, right. telling you who the top four seeds right. were. Yeah, like, it, like was, it matters. And we know it, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> right. Right. Again, but that in, in, in college football, though, that's part of the whole right. DraftKings type right. of thing. Which we'll, we'll talk about DraftKings right. next week. I've kind of had an ethical, <laughs> moral. Well, I would. Well, I haven't said a reawakening, but mm-hmm. we'll talk about it. I know. I know, Jamal. You're really. You know, I, I put a. You know, just a couple of dollars here or there. So I, I do the same. A dollar yeah. here, a dollar there. <laughs> <laughs> Ten <laughs> games, a dollar here, a dollar there. All right. Well, I wish we. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> but I do. I do want to. I just wanted to give you know shout out to Cam Newton. Seven, oh, yes. seven and zero oh, yes. uh, of the Panthers. A lot of you know he's he's gotten flack. You know, every year he's been in the league, uh, and he's really put it together this year. Seven and zero. Oh. Definitely an MVP candidate. You got, of course, you got Brady out there is probably the MVP. But well, if, if Brady yeah. loses, maybe maybe Brady will lose a game or two in the season and give <laughs> Cam a shot. But I mean, they look like a real Super Bowl contender, and he seems to have put it all together. He's leading them. They really coming into the league, nobody right. gave him a shot to be set. Nobody, nobody, right? Was, everybody, you know, they have no wide receivers by that you can name. First That's of right. all. That's right. Um, they don't have much. They have a good defense, but it's offensively it's been all Cam. I mean, he's running. Oh, man. He's running. He's passing. He's yeah, doing everything. What they're, what they're asking him to do. Right. I mean, they're asking him to do everything. Everything. He's running. And he's, he's doing he's it. He's throwing. And he's he's and, 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 and smiling. Yeah. No. He's he's. You could look at him, and he's having a great time. But to your point, remember when he first came in? And in fact, uh, we're going to have, I believe the great quarterback guru uh, George Whitfield in right. who actually mentored not mentored but worked with worked him out yeah. Cam, Work, worked with worked him. with right. uh, worked with Ben Rosselberger right. worked with Johnny Football who's going to get a start right. Jameis Winston Jameis Winston I mean he's worked with Andrew, Andrew Luck. Luck Yeah, he's worked with a lot of really great people hopefully we'll have him on the show next week or week after that or maybe right. the week after that <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no no to get back to your point about Newton remember when he came in the league they, he came in and everybody was talking about RG3. Right. They said, that's the guy. Right. RG3 is the guy Cam can't play. Right. And Newt, and then, you know, and remember, they were killing Cam all the way back to Auburn. Right. You know. Which he led to a national championship in his only year there. That's all he did. And he, he was the most dominant uh, college player I had seen in a long time. And what they're asking him to do is incredible. I mean, they're asking him to be the offense. Right. Basically, and he's put it on his shoulders. He embraces it. Uh, I'm I'm just happy that he's in Charlotte in that market and not in New York, because up here, it, right. well, where's the cape today? And <laughs> got a little wrinkle in your cape. That's just like the famous Jesse Jackson line. He's in a boat, and somebody, a piece of paper, something uh, goes overboard, and Jesse goes out and walks on water to get the paper, and brings it back. 
the headline the next day is Jesse can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's pretty much it right there. You know, and that's just sort of the place. So anyway, listen, hey guys, I'm uh, looking forward to uh, a great week, but it was really a great baseball season. I'm happy for you two Mets fans that it worked out pretty well. Yeah, right? I can't, I can't complain. Out I can't well. complain at all. Yeah. So we will see you next week on another episode of Bill Roden on Sports. And have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.